Welcome to the Metalheads Podcast with the Heavy Metal Strength Coach and Shrubs 666. Hi guys and welcome to another edition of the Grumpy Metalheads Podcast. I am the Heavy Metal Strength Coach and I'm joined as ever by Shrubs666. How's the metal with you this week, my friend? Uh, not too bad. Struggled earlier in the week. It didn't seem to be a, a lot worth listening to, but I, I trawled around a little bit longer and um, found a few things that caught my ear, finally. Okay. So I, Let's I think, just get I think right into things it got linked out a little bit later than, than normal on release day, so, mm-hmm. um, which was pretty cool. Okay. But yeah, no, I finally found something. So, Okay, the first one I found... And I've, I've never heard of this band before, so this was quite intriguing. A band called Drouth. I'm, I'm assuming I'm saying it the right way. They're uh-huh. from Portland in, in the US. And the album's called Excerpts from a Dread Liturgy. Now, <clears throat> I think this is being self-released as well. I, can't, I couldn't find any real record label they're, they're connected to. They've been around since 2014. This is their second album, supposedly. And um, <laughs> it's black and death metal. Now, we've covered... a couple of bands that sound similar to this over the last few episodes like Lantern, Skeleton and last episode was Bedsaw. So they're, they're of that ilk. Okay. So you kind of get that kind of harsh blackened sound but with kind of death metal riffs if that yes, makes sense and, and, I like. and black metal vocals with death metal riffs. It, it's yeah it, it, it's a really really good listen um, the song lengths are, are quite long, actually, surprisingly, for this type of um, scene. I think they're about five, six minutes long. Let's just have a quick look mm. at it now um, as it's playing in the background. Yeah, they're, they're averaging sort of like, I mean, the shortest song is six and a half minutes long. So. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> um, there's only like five, is it five tracks? Yeah, five tracks in, in the whole album. So, um but yeah, it, it's a it's a good, interesting listen. They take you on a little bit of a journey on each song because obviously being on average sort of like seven to eight minutes long, it, it allows that time for it to expand and grow yeah. and, and, and build or take you on those those rises and those drops and stuff like that. So, but yeah, it, it's in that in that vein of those types of band, Lantern, Bedsaw, really, really good. Um, a song for me that stood out was a repulsive act shrouded in flesh. Excellent. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And again, it's, it's one of those songs that just kind of has riffs, good riffs in it. Um, takes you on a journey up and down, slows down, speeds up. It has a bit of everything in it really. And it's just a properly good. Yeah. So definitely worth checking out. Okay. So, uh, another band that, I'd never heard of, but they've seemed to have been around for years. I mean, just look, just doing my research on them over the last couple of days. A band called Night in Gales. Now that's oh. that is three words. So for anyone just listening, um, and their album Dawnlight Garden on Apostasy Records. They're from Cologne and they've been around since 1995, and this is their seventh album. Now I've never, I've never come across them before. Um, and I'm surprised actually because um, if you're a fan of like that Swedish melodic death metal like At The Gates, Dark Tranquility, Early In Flames, 
then you'd be well into this band. Yeah. Because yeah. they're very much um, that ilk. They sound, at times, they sound very, very similar to At The Gate, Slaughter of the Soul type era. Yeah. Um, again, interesting, interesting you should bring that up. Have you heard any of the uh, In Flames re-recordings that they've done uh, recently? No. I... I, it, I <laughs> It's bad. No, it's, it's bad, man. It's so bad. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Carry on. <laughs> no, because um, yeah, In Flames for me just got really, really dull. Yeah, they did. And, just and not they've, interesting. They've not done, they've not done a, a good job of these re-recordings. It's, it's have they not? It's yeah, bad. I, it's, it's okay. Bad. I'll, I'll definitely make a point of not not checking it out. But yeah. please go and check this band out. Um, really, really good. If you're definitely missing that that kind of um melodic death metal um definitely check these out because they're, they're filled with everything that you'd want from that sort of like gothenburg death metal scene yeah, that at the yeah. gate so if you you're wanting to hear kind of a new at the gates album but you know it's not at the gate check this out his vocals are, are, are similar to at the gates as well at times um but not that it's it's ripping it off i'm definitely not saying it's, it's ripping it off it's just very very similar mm -hmm. um and, and yeah, um, but a lot of bands like that sound sound very similar. But this one seems to be one of the better ones out there. Okay, uh, I'll be checking that out this week then. So yeah, I mean, there's a song called "The Spectre Dead," which I it just really caught my ear as well, and I, I really enjoyed that. That'll probably be added to my um, lifting playlist. Excellent. At some point this week. So um, yeah, yeah, because it's got that nice. It's got a good pace in it to keep you focused and, and strong. So yeah, so that, that one caught my attention, which like I say, we talked earlier in the week and we were struggling to find anything that was really capturing us this week in terms of an album. Uh -huh. But um, And then something came out that I, I knew was on its way, um, but I wasn't sure when, and it's the new Batushka EP. Now, it's- Which Batushka is it? <laughs> it's not the Christoph one. It, it's the one that kind of, officially has taken on the Batushka um, bit, the, the one that people call fake Tushka or, or whatever they want to call it. Now, I, I've kind of put aside the argument between who's the right Batushka and who's not. Um, I, I do prefer the Christoph writing ones um, because I think it's better. Um, I mean, Hospody, this is the guy that did Hospody earlier. Um, this, I think it was this year. And, um, and it was a good album. But because it came out just after Christoph got his one out, the Christoph one for me was slightly better. Mm -hmm. But if they had been completely separate entities, properly separate entities and had no relation to each other, people would have enjoyed both albums and would have been shouting about both albums. So um, yeah, Hospody was good, but it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't what everyone wanted Batushka to be. Now this EP, Rashkol, which is out on Witching Hour, um, this is a lot more like liturgy and a lot more like the Christoph writings one. Um, it's still, it's still like the Hospody album, but slightly better and a bit more of those choral chant stuff going in that you had off liturgy and, and what Christoph was carried on doing. Um, so there's a little bit more like that. It feels like it's a bit more in that, that vein. So it sounds like he's kind of, kind of listened to some of the fans and, and gone back a little bit and tried to get what Christoph was doing in the other um, Batushka in, into this Batushka a little bit more, but still kind of keeping his, his Hoss body type sound with it. Um, 
And so that EP is really, really good. I've actually properly enjoyed it. So um, I've certainly enjoyed it a lot more than Hospody. And um, anyone who's a fan of either version of Batushka should check it out, really, and just try and put aside the legal arguments that are going on and, and just let them let them sort it out for themselves and so. hopefully hopefully good music will just continue to be <clears throat> by both of them because they both seem to be relatively talented guys in terms of writing that style and, yeah. and yeah. let's just let them get on and and fight out that way yeah and i saw the live so last year and it was it was great though the song that they did off literature was just it was awesome. Like I loved it. I don't. I don't care if they're fake Tushka or, or whatever. Like to 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 put on that performance and to captivate the audience like that. Oh, yeah. it was great. A lot of people said they spend half the set lighting candles, but I thought Witten spent a lot more time lighting candles than um, <laughs> Batushka. So. Um, oh, well, I, I saw Batushka a few years ago at Metal Days when they were still like. But this was before it. The the split happened. So. Um, I, I was quite lucky and all the candles were already lit on stage and I think it was like one o'clock in the morning when they started so it was fantastic and it was in it was on the second stage of Metal Days which if anyone out there is listening has been to Metal Days they'll know that the second stage is in a little copse of woods round the back and and the stage is like surrounded by trees and, and stuff like that so it's really really properly atmospheric and that kicked that. off it was amazing so yeah. so yeah um so yeah those those were the three albums i managed to find other than that it was mostly songs of the new animal nathrakers they've released an, a new track which is sounding great i enjoyed um, that yeah the new gojira is sounding awesome as well so quite happy with with that one being released, um, yeah. there was a couple other bands that I've come across. Benediction have released a new song, which is sounding pretty decent. And Scordatura, who are a Scottish death metal band, that's they, they released a new song, which has been the first one in a long time for them. So that that was really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you know Panzerfaust have been playing still in uh, on mine. Uh, Uada. The Ocean, The Infernal Sea, with their new one, Serpent Omega, with their new one. Um, yeah, I've been, it was mostly been songs this week because I struggled to find yeah. anything that really, they really captured my ear. Um, so are you happy with um, the Gajira sounding as if they're going to carry on in the same vein as, um, as Magma? With it being his more like ghostly, cleaner vocals, as I'm sorry, my cat's screaming, um, as opposed to the less, um, the more death metally kind of stuff from the the earlier albums. I know a lot of people were hoping for that, but it doesn't sound like they're going that way. Yeah, no, I think they started on this path quite a while ago, long before Magma came out. They started on this path of those. I mean, he's, he's still got even his cleaner vocals aren't still that clean yeah. um, in sound. Um, they're just less, less growly, mm-hmm. and and they they've been forever doing that since from Master Sirius really. They they they've slowly morphed more to that side. But I mean that for them they're they're about trying to get their message across, but also about the riffs. Mm-hmm. And um, I really really enjoyed this song. The video for it is amazing as well, um, and. Yeah, it just, it just, it's that middle bit. I mean, when you see the video, you'll see it where it's just when it, the riff kicks in when the rocket 
takes off. And um, that riff is just so perfectly intense, but but subtle at the same time. Yeah, I think like, oh, with this song, it nice. sounds stripped down, but also complicated at the same time. And yeah. I don't know how they've managed to do it, maybe through the repetition of a very similar but constantly changing riff all the way through. Yeah. Uh, and you're right, the, um, the video is more packed with complexity and information and their message than um, any video that I've seen um, from a band in, well, in years, like, because every single scene has some kind of message. Every single scene has some kind of um, information and part of their shtick and my cat is still yelling. And it was, like, it was almost like they spent more time on the video than the actual song itself. And the song itself is produced so well that I'm really yeah, excited yeah. for the new album. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, definitely the video is, it, is so apt and fitting for the song. I mean, you can just hear, hear hearing the lyrics sometimes. You can, when, I mean, I haven't spent too long listening to it because obviously I, I've been focusing on these three albums a little bit, but at times when you hear the lyrics, you just know. But then if you know Gojira, you know what their message is. They're, they're very much um, kind of eco-warrior type people. They're very environmentally aware. Uh, fucking hippie bastards. Hey. Said fucking hippie bastards. They are literally hippies. I mean, yeah. and and they have been they they have been since long before they got well known. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, even on on their album like Terra Incognito and and the link their first two albums, there's songs on there that are very much discussing environmental issues way back then. You know, when they were done, and that was long before they were known and before they were even touring outside of France and stuff like that. They were, you know, they were saying that message. And then you, you hear songs like Flying Whales on from Master Series, which is definitely all about, all about the environment and everything else. Yeah. So, you know, they, they've not, they don't shy away from, from their beliefs. Oh, no. They don't try and hide them. They, they wear them on their sleeves and they, and they write them songs and hope that people take some notice and, and take some interest and actually do some, research for themselves and and this video that they've done for this this new song as well i think it also says that as well very much about it it's not a case of we're going to give you they give you facts as such when when you see like um, newspaper clippings that they keep showing and it's like but they're like um premonitions of what's going to happen if we carry on down the path that, as a race that we're doing now this is what will this is what will 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 come to fruition yeah. and and the you know so if you go and look at it you will go and find that they, they're not lying to you exactly and my son liked it and my son just turned um 12 this week i have to think about that then and if it can appeal to you me and a 12 year old boy at the same time who who has been to, to metal gigs and everything like that then i think it just shows how good it is. It's not just because Kajira, this huge band now, I think one of the biggest metal bands around at the moment. And it's not just because it's Kajira that this is good. Um, it's it's good on, on so many different levels. Yeah, yeah. I think and they're uh, using the platform of, uh, of popularity in a sensible way. Yeah. And they're, and they're not preaching. They just want you to take notice and pay attention and, and maybe change a few things in your lives that, that m may mitigate some of the damage that's actually being done. So Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so Shrubs, what is your essential listening 
for any metalhead that is tuning in this week? Right, this is going to be, um, well, it, it's not, but um, it, it's Celtic Frost's um, Into the Pandemonium. Um, it came out in June 1987. And um, yeah, they, this, this is one of the albums that... that when it came out, it kind of threw everything, everyone off. <laughs> Literally, everyone's gone, eh? There's like pop songs on here. <laughs> it's like just straight what? pop. And, and, yeah, yeah. And you're like, you're, you know, they've got like electronic bits and uh, it, it's... Literally, it was basically the start of what's now known as like avant-garde metal because it's stuff that just throws a little bit of weirdness into everything and, and, yeah. and quirkiness. And... and and it's brilliant. It's such a good album. I mean, we discussed one of the songs, um, Rex Ira is the original song that's on this album. And we discussed Trypticon doing um, their Roadburn live album yeah. in one of our earlier episodes. And um, yeah, well, that song, the Rex Ira song, come from this album. And um, I mean, and, and it, that's kind of a standard fare for Celtic Frost, that one, but... I mean, you've got songs like I Won't Dance on there, which is <laughs> definitely... Uh, that, that doesn't sound very Celtic frosty. <laughs> <laughs> no, no it, it, but you listen to the whole album and you'll get thrash in there, you'll get doom in there, you'll get rock in there, you'll get pop in there, you'll get classical music in there. I mean, they've literally got one song that is just all classical music. It's n nothing else. Um, it, and they, the mix and style of vocals, you've got some quirky almost spoken wordy stuff which is kind of off key as well at the same time and it, it kind of sends a shiver down your spine going oh but it all kind of works and sits together and and yeah if if you like any of that kind of yeah, doom and thrash and it, it it will have everything on there for everyone but i think it, it to me it's essential listen you'll hear it get mentioned numerous times as influence for lots of different bands, lots of different genres as well, because that album just covers so many genres, but without, without flooding your senses with stuff either. So you don't feel overwhelmed by it. Yes. You kind of just go with it all the way through. And, and, and it's just amazing. I mean, if you like Candlemas, you like one of the songs on there called Sorrows of the Moon, because it's yeah. it just sounds like Candlemas. But you've got to imagine that this is this album came out around the same time as Candlemas was starting with their stuff as well. So Yeah, by the sounds of it, it doesn't sound like they were trying to change anything, just the the guys that came up with this stuff just had that many ideas in their head that they just wanted to just to kind of splurge them onto a record and then it became this really influential thing and i think often genres and movements are changed by accident and then yeah yeah and it sounds like that's exactly what happened yeah yeah definitely with this one well i mean the main writers in this are uh tom fisher and and martin ain anyway um i mean they kept breaking up as a band anyway. So they, I think, and those two were, were so pivotal for, for this band in terms of their writing, but at times they never got on as well. So it's it, typical it, tortured artists that can't ever get on. Yeah. yeah, And, and, and it proves it in, in this album as well. You can hear bits of it and, and, but it just works so well as an album. It, it's really, really good. Yeah. Um, I, I've loved it. I've, I've had, I've had a vinyl copy of that album since I, I don't know 
early 90s somewhere i think mm -hmm. i even sold it and then i've repurchased it since again because it's just one of those albums i've got to have in my collection somewhere yeah. um i mean their, their earlier stuff like morbid tales and stuff like that is really good um just avoid cold lake because that's terrible <laughs> um even even they kind of disown that album as well because they don't know they they said there's, there's lots of rumors around why it was done but suppose it was just to kill off a, re a record contract um and they just did like some shit okay. in the studio. and that quite literally probably sums up the album because it's okay. I, I have some kind of morbid curiosity with the album now yeah go and listen to it but honestly just have some bleach for your ears ready afterwards <laughs> you want to cleanse any memory of it from your body whatsoever, other than the memory of it being terrible. Bleach for your ears. I think we've just reached an uh, episode title right there. All right, Shrubs, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me, my friend. No problem. No problem at all. All right, guys. See you all next week.